If you love the Bible, read the Bible, live by the Bible, you're going to avoid so much trouble in this life. I don't like to call it just advice because it's not just advice, but it is great advice. It is a guide. It is a map. And one of the greatest things about the Bible is it points out the hardships. It points out the problems that you can avoid in life. And I want you to listen to this message carefully. One of the best things we know about the Bible, it is light. It is light. I don't think anybody likes to stumble around in the dark. I want some lights on when I'm moving or walking because I want to see. Because there's something always going to be in the way if I can't see where I'm going. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's the power of the Word of God. Psalms 119.11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you're trying to live for God and you're having trouble, the Bible is the answer. Hide God's word in your heart. Memorize it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Let it become a part of you. Did you know the Bible can become a part of you? It can actually become a part of your life so that without even consciously thinking about things, the Bible implanted and grafted into your heart is actually having an effect on the way you live, on the way you speak to people, on the way you react, and the, the way you react to aggravation and stuff in your life, it can have an effect in shaping your whole personality, your whole demeanor. The Bible in you can do that. But we've got to invest the time and the effort to let the Word of God get implanted in us. Psalms 119. Matter of fact, Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Am I right? It's got 176 verses. Every one of those 176 verses mentions the Word of God in some form or fashion. And so in Psalms 119 and 105, and this will be the pivotal verse that we look at today, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Listen to this story. Max's Boy Scout troop took an end-of-the-summer trip to Mammoth Cave National Park in Kentucky. Anybody ever been there? Mammoth Cave? Yeah. I hope you just looked at it from the outside. This cave system has 400 miles of caves. The Boy Scout group didn't take the lame 90-minute family tour. <laughs> they took the six-hour wild cave tour. In this tour, the boys saw only by helmet lanterns. The tour goes farther into the cave than any other public tour and includes crawling on your belly through cracks in the tunnels less than 20 inches wide. Man, I already got the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that. I don't know what the heebie-jeebies are, but I got them. <laughs> and if it's something bad, I apologize because it's just it's not. Anyway, after the tour... The troop gathered to turn in their equipment and eat dinner. As everybody got on the van, the scout leaders realized that one boy was missing. Max was nowhere to be found. Precautions had been made and safety was strictly enforced. The boys had been told to stay with a buddy at all times and never wander off. 
But at a break in the tour, Max had taken off his backpack to get a candy bar. They got around the corner. They got right around the corner, not 60 seconds away, when Max realized he had left his backpack on the ground behind him. Max turned around to get his backpack, squeezed through a small opening, and grabbed his bag. But when he turned back around, he hit his helmet lantern on the rock face and smashed the bulb. He was instantly so frightened that he couldn't even shout for help. He felt around in the darkness for the opening but couldn't find it. After a few minutes, he started to shout, but no one came. After a while, he just curled up against the cave wall, holding his knees against his chest, crying softly. He was completely alone, not knowing where he was, and it was totally dark. Max was alone and lost for 10 hours. The park rangers had to get organized, then set up two rescue teams, one to start at the beginning point of the tour and one to work back from the end. When they found him, he wouldn't take a step without his own helmet lantern. In the haste, the rangers didn't bring an extra. So one of the rangers had to give his, his to Max. Max wouldn't budge from where he was unless he could see the path ahead. What a horrible, horrible story. By the way, our boys are taking a trip to Mammoth Cave next. No, no. <laughs> They're taking a trip to Mammoth Cave? Never. <laughs> but what a horrible story. But you can see in that story the benefit of the light and what it's like to be without the light. And without light, in a spiritual sense, that's where we are. We're deep in a cave, in darkness. We could not find our way out if we wanted to and so afraid to even move because we couldn't see our hand right in the front of our face. That's where we are without God. That's where we are without Jesus. That's why the world is living as they are. They are actually wandering around in the darkness without any light whatsoever on what's right or wrong, what's good or bad, how they should live, how they should treat people, what they should do or should not do because they are in darkness now, we can easily get critical of people that are doing certain things, but we need to understand they're in the darkness and they don't know which way to go. And sometimes we think, well, I know which way to go. Why don't they? Why don't they see the things that are bad? Well, it's because they are in darkness. Thankfully, you and I who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're living in the light. We can see very well because Jesus is the light and he's given us the Bible which is also the light and we need to follow that but you know what today there's many Christians that are saved but they're not trying to live in the light they never read the Bible they never try to find out what God wants them to do or how he wants them to live they never enjoy the promises of God's word they never enjoy the peace of God's word the joy that God gives them through his holy word he has miraculously given us the greatest book in all the world that has ever existed and so many that call themselves Christians never pick it up well I want to tell you something if you're one of those are you seldom pick it up I'm not here to condemn you but I'm here to help you I want this message today to convince you that whatever you have to do, whatever discipline you have to get into your life, you need the Bible, and you need to get into it, and you need to get rid of every excuse that keeps you from reading it or studying it or trying to follow it. Don't just go by what I tell you is right and wrong or by what your parents tell you is right and wrong because you know what? There are people in churches that will tell us wrong. 
When I got saved, I was told it was a sin for a man to have a beard. So I wanted to grow a beard. But I was told that it was a sin. We got men in this church with beards. Let me tell you something. You're not living in sin because you grow a beard. Now, some of you men wish you could grow a beard. I apologize. I'm sorry for you. But <laughs> I think a beard is great. So why don't you have one? Because it ain't the right color anymore. That's why. <laughs> anyway. I want you to listen to what I've got to say from God today. And I wanted to put a hunger and thirst in every one of our hearts. Because I want to tell you, if you don't read the Bible, it's not that you're just bad. It's the devil is trying to keep you from getting in it. It's a rich resource of gold and silver and precious stone in the spiritual sense. And the devil doesn't want you to have that. So you've got an enemy that's fighting. So some of you might be thinking, you know, how do we even know the Bible's worth reading? How do we know it's special? We don't even know where it came from. Yeah, we know where it came from. It came from God. But let me just give you a few things. I mean, if I, if I were to tell you all the reasons we have to believe the Bible, it would take several hours because there are many. But let me just give you a couple of things that will help solidify your faith that the Bible is truly God's Word and every one of us need it. One thing is there are tremendous numbers of archaeological finds that prove that the Bible is true and that it's ancient. Matter of fact, one of them, many of you have heard this, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in the Qumran Caves between 1947 and 1956. And thankfully, we've been able to take a trip to Israel and from a distance see one of those little caves where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And when they were dated by scientists, they were found to be uh, the, the paper or papyra, whatever it's called, that they were on was proven to be from 200 B.C. to 70 A.D. People that had copied the scriptures on these papers decided that they needed to be preserved and they had gone to these caves that were very hard to get to and they had put them there knowing that one of these days, they didn't know when, but in 19, from 1947 to 56, archaeologists found these writings and that right there is a great proof that the Bible is what it says it is. There's over 5,000 ancient manuscripts of the New Testament dated within decades of the original manuscripts. In other words, when the Old Testament was written, when the New Testament was written, they had people that were called scribes, and they would copy. And there were extensive rules that these scribes had to go by when they were making copies of the original and then other copies made. And I want to tell you, that's why almost 3,000 years later, we have the Bible very accurate to the original manuscripts. I mean, we, you and I think, oh, how do we even know? I mean, if somebody copies something today, they may not get it right. Well, you can read in historical records that in the Old Testament, when they were scribes and made copies of things, they were meticulously copied in the right way. Another thing that we have that I think is tremendous that shows the Bible is true are the prophecies that are in there. Please understand, I'm just giving you two or three things because there's probably people in this building today that sometimes, you know, probably think, well, you know, how do we know somebody didn't come up with this, you know, 10 or 20 or maybe 100 years ago or 500 years ago, and they just made all this up and said it was the Word of God and on and on and on. We got other religions in the world. They, that's what they did. You know, they had some people or a man wrote a book and claimed it was the Word of God, claimed he got it from a vision. How do we know the Bible's not like that? Well, one thing are the prophecies. 
And there are hundreds and hundreds, but let me give you a few that really stood out to me. In Isaiah chapter 45 and 44, Isaiah wrote a prophecy that a ruler named Cyrus would be raised up to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. A few hundred years later, guess what happened? One thing, Isaiah was dead a few hundred years after he wrote that. Later, Cyrus, king of Persia, decreed to have the city of Jerusalem rebuilt. Isn't that amazing? How did he know that? Because God told him and told him to write it down. Daniel, in his book, prophesied this. He prophesied the swift rise of the Greek empire under Alexander the Great and the division of his empire into four parts after his death. Guess what? Over 200 years later, Daniel was dead, and Alexander the Great conquered much of the world. After his death, the empire was divided among his generals into four different parts. Now, these are some of the prophecies you don't hear a lot about, but they're in the Bible, and they happen. Here's another good one, Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel predicted that Israel would become a great, prosperous nation, even though during his life, during Ezekiel's life, the Assyrians had destroyed the northern part of Israel, and the Babylonians were destroying the southern part. Guess what? Today, 2020, Israel is again an independent nation, and it is one of the world's most prosperous nations. I don't think a lot of people know that. Israel, with all the problems that they have, with all the enemies that they have, is one of the most prosperous nations in the world today. Even though all their neighbors are rich in oil and Israel is not, they are still more prosperous than their neighbors. Tel Aviv is one of the most modern cities in the world. And there are so many technical companies in Tel Aviv making things that you and I use and enjoy every single day. Did you know most of the, the technology that is going into the new automobiles that drive themselves? Anybody want one of those? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Most of the parts and technology comes right out of Tel Aviv. That's Israel. Ezekiel predicted that prosperity many, many years ago, and it's here today. Micah 4.1 says that in the last days, the mountains of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. Again, we've been to Israel, and we've looked at that temple mount. And you have to stand in line for a long time because so many people are coming all over the world to come to that Temple Mount. Even though there's an as Islam mosque on the top of it now, it is still a special place to the Jewish people and to people from all over the world. This was predicted by Micah, one of the Old Testament prophets. One more. Isaiah 43 says, I will bring your children from the east. This is like three, almost 3,000 years ago. Six or seven hundred years before Christ. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Many Jews. So listen, that's the prophecy. Hundreds and hundreds of years before it was ever fulfilled. In other words, the Jewish people would be coming back home. Because through all of the years before, as enemies would come in... The Jews would be dispersed all over the world. Listen to what happened. Many Jews living in the Middle East 
east of Israel returned to Israel in the early 1900s before they became a nation again. During the mid-1900s, hundreds of thousands of Jews living in the West in Europe and the United States began to move back to Israel. Russia to the north did not want to let the Jews leave. But during the 1980s, that wasn't that long ago, during the 1980s they started moving from Russia and now hundreds of thousands of Russian Jews have moved to Israel. Ethiopia to the south didn't want to let the Jews return. Finally, in one weekend in 1991, 14,500 Ethiopian Jews were airlifted to Israel. Isn't that amazing? What a coincidence. These are prophecies that God gave prophets in the Old Testament, and there are many, 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 many more. And I just threw that in there this morning because I wanted some of the people that might be here, you know, you got to have some proof. You want proof. Well, there's a whole lot of other proof. And there's nothing wrong with wanting some proof. But those are things that were predicted when they finally came to pass. The people that made those predictions under the hand of God were dead and gone. But they happened just like the Bible said. And everything else in the Bible that has been predicted that has, is either has come to be or it's going to come. As I preached last Sunday, one thing that is said is Jesus is going to return. Well, you can be sure, no matter how long it takes, he is coming back and we need to be ready. So let's move on. I want to talk about the Bible being light. The Bible will help us. One of the ways that the Bible can help you, if you'll get into it, if you'll read it, study it, learn it, memorize it, put it into your heart and live by it, it can help you live a life that is avoiding a whole lot of pain and trouble. One thing I think all of us know, most of our trouble we cause for ourselves. Not always. I mean, all of us probably have had plenty of other people that caused us pain and sorrow and trouble. But a lot of the things, we just caused it ourselves because we made bad decisions, bad choices. We did things that we shouldn't be doing. But God can help us to avoid all those things going forward. You see, because the Bible is God's word, he has given us all we need to live a good life. He's given us everything we need in the Bible for life and godliness. And if we'll follow that, it can give us a wonderful life. I want to reemphasize here Psalms 119 and 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, we're going to give you an illustration of what that really means. All right? I want my helpers to come on, the people that's going to work the lights. If you'll take your place, we are going to help you to see how this works. I want you to think in terms, the Bible is a light to our path. Y'all come on up. It's a light. Imagine you're walking a path in the dark. You can't see what's there. You're going to step on things. You're going to run into a tree. You're going to run into a car or something. But I want you to see this illustration, and I want it to help you understand go ahead all right don't turn off the lights yet guys we are going (laughs) so here's what we're going to do we have legos those aren't legos and we have josh and jonathan that are going to help us but here's what this illustration is all about Legos. I want you to think, how many of you love Legos? How many of you hate Legos? (laughs) 
How many of you, your children left Legos on the floor and you stepped up on that All righty. Well, I want you to know these Legos in this illustration represent sin, temptation, bad decisions, terrible choices about right and wrong. Uh, they represent all the things that the devil... Boy, that's fun. I've never done that before in church. These Legos represent things that you don't want in your life. All right? Hey, I'm telling you, this don't look like a Lego. It looks like a buddy barrel. So we're going to have... Woo, man, the devil is at work today. He's got trouble all over the platform. And so, yeah, I heard that. Somebody's going to have to pick them up. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to, Jonathan's going to be walking through life without God. Can you see? Without the Bible and all these temptations and all of this sin and all these bad choices about life are going to get in his way. And I want you all to know that I did not ask him to take off his shoes. You can't see? No. That's, That's the audience, right? He can't see. No. We'll tell you if you're going to step off the stage or not, okay? Thank you. So, he's going to try to walk through life in the dark. Now, I know this is kind of fun and funny, but I want the main thing is that you get this message this is you trying to walk through life without God, without the Bible. All right? So, Jonathan, you go right ahead. And you're going to, you're going to, all this stuff's out here, but it's not going to have any effect on you. Right? Ooh. Oh. If it hurts, just scream right out. You got pad on the bottom of those socks? No, I don't think I've stepped in anything so far. What kind of Legos are these? Oh, there you go. Now there we go. Hey, wait a minute now. Okay. You keep going. You keep going. <laughs> All right. You're still trying to make it without the Bible. Turn around and come back. Chris, would you line him up? All right. Come on back and see how things are going in your life without the Word of God. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> that was an electrical outlet. That's why it shocked. <laughs> All right. That's exactly the way it is. I think probably even worse. I think some of these aren't real Legos. They're like made out of rubber or something. But anyway. You can take the blindfold off. Now, we're going to see what it's like to go through life. You're a Christian, but you really don't take a whole lot of time. I think we need a little light. That one might be too bright. Anyway, this is the way it is to go through life with the light of the Bible. Turn off the lights. 
I don't know if we can turn, can we turn off the screen? Anyway, go ahead. So obviously there's, here we got to, there's always, when you got the light of the gospel, there's always choices that are good. Oh, no, 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 that don't work. <laughs> All right, we got to make him a space here. Well, I guess you could say sometimes even when we're trying to walk with God, we still mess up and make mistakes, right? Oh, no, no, no. All right, this next time, this next time as you go through, if you step on, don't act like it hurts. Got it. Oh. <laughs> now we're talking. This is a young man that loves God. Jesus is the light, and he is in the Word every single day. So let's see what happens. Man, there's a lot of trouble in his life. Look at there. He is, yeah. Come on back through here. That is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Let's give our helpers a big hand. All right. Now, I'm going to be stepping on them while I'm preaching. Oh, oh. All right, let's bring that pulpit back. That was a lot of fun, but I want to tell you more than fun, I want you to remember the next time you're walking through the house and you step, step on a Lego, there you go, that's good. We need the light of Jesus, and that's the Bible. God has given us his holy word, and if we'll hide it in our heart, we can avoid so much of the pain and trouble that people go through. There's wisdom. There's guidance. There's direction. Every time we have choices, major choices, minor choices, we need to be thinking, what does the Bible say? If you don't know, pick it up. You know, there's so many easy ways to search the Bible these days. I mean, you can go to Google and find anything you want about the Bible. I mean, don't accept everything you read online about it, but you can find the scriptures that deal with what you're dealing with. If you want to be a good father, the Bible teaches you how. If you want to be a good mother, the Bible teaches you how. If you want to know how to relate to people at work and deal with people, so much of the pain that people suffer is because of the relationships that they have. Sometimes we've allowed people to come into our life and be a friend that we really don't need in our life because they're not helping us get in the right direction. But God's Word has something to say about everything that we deal with in life. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Can you imagine that little boy in that cave? I can't even imagine. Laying there for 10 hours. But he was saved because somebody had the light. Can you imagine going into those 400 miles of caves without any light and trying to find him? You'd never be able to do it. So the Bible is so important in our life. I know you've heard that for years and years and years, but it's much more important than that. I am thankful that when I got saved, somebody not only told me that it was a sin to have a beard. <laughs> I never found that in the Bible. But they also told me to get into the Bible and read the Bible, read the Word of God, because it was so powerful. You see, I can tell people that if you don't read the Bible, you're going to have a hard time making it to heaven. And I don't just throw that out. I thought that through. 
I prayed over that. I believe it's a thought and a real thought that God wants us to understand how miraculously we have been given the Bible but, and how necessary it is. This Bible has survived horrible leaders in different countries that have burned them and outlawed it and made it illegal. But you know what? The Bible still thrives. There are people in North Korea that if they're caught with a Bible, they will go to prison and many of them will die. There are stories. We have connections in North Korea and there are stories of people that have been put into prison and then after a year in prison brought out to the public square and killed in front of everybody with somebody in the military making an announcement they are being killed because they had a Bible. It is also against the law that if you know somebody has a Bible and you don't tell, you're just as guilty as them. But you know what? There's thousands of Bibles in North Korea. The Assemblies of God is just finishing up on a project to translate the Fire Bible with the Scripture and the notes in the language, the primary language of North Korea. You know why? Because we believe one thing is we can get some in there anyway. On the other hand, we believe things are going to change in North Korea, and when the doors open, we're going to be standing at the borders, rushing into the cities, giving everybody we possibly can the Word of God, the Bible, because they're hungry for the Word of God. Yeah, that's something to shout about. Praise God. You see, the reason we need the Bible to make it to heaven is because it gives us light in the darkness. You and I don't know what to do. We might think we're pretty smart, we're pretty wise, but you know, without the Word of God, most of our laws are, well, let me put this, many of our laws are based on the Word of God. Many of them were approved and put on the books in the early days of this nation because the leaders were following God and following the Bible and making murder wrong and all kind of other things because it was in the Bible. Without the Bible, we have no morality. Without the Bible, who can say what is right or wrong? Many people are living that kind of life today. Without the Bible, there's no accountability for anything that we want to do. Without the Bible, if somebody needs something that somebody has, they just go and steal it. And who can say? Well, the law says you can't. Yeah, but that's earthly. As far as the hereafter, there's no accountability for what people do on this earth. It just becomes an animal kingdom where people just go and do what's best for them. And I'm telling you, we need the Bible. We need to read it. We need to promote it. We need to get it everywhere we can. But here's why it's so important in our lives as Christians. Isaiah 9 and 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Aren't you glad for that? I was walking in darkness when I come to know, came to know Jesus, and I began reading my Bible every single day and every single day. First, I had the light of Jesus every single day. After that, for many years, I never missed a day. Very seldom if I ever miss a day now because the Bible is so important. Every day I've been learning and learning for over 45 years, and pretty much I'm not a great memorizer. I'm a great studier. I know that most I can pretty much tell you if something is in there or not because I've been reading it and studying it. Now, moms, I'm sorry to tell you, but the Bible doesn't say cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> but we need the Bible, and it helps us to know what's right or wrong. We need that light in our lives to show us the direction to go. God helps us to live a life that has meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. Without God, without the Bible, what really is worth living for? 
Everything in this world is going to pass away. Everything is going to be gone. You remember the, la- the scripture I used last week about the coming of Christ, that in the future, every element, everything is going to be burned up as this world is renovated by fire. The things that we love. And again, there's nothing wrong with having things, but we can't let things have us. Don't ever let anything get between you and God. There's a lot of wonderful things to enjoy, but we need to remember they're not going to last forever. We're going to a world where we won't need that car or that house or that money or anything else. And they're all going to be gone. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. In other words, when you get saved, the way you live is going to change. Live as if you are in the light. Live as if you can see the Legos that are trying to pull you down and destroy your life. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Amen. Think about that for a moment. This light within you produces. You and I are helpless without God. We are helpless and hopeless without God in us. The light that we have is the light of Jesus. A very simple illustration is the sun and the moon. Isn't it beautiful when the moon comes up and it's full and it's big and it's bright at night? But the moon produces no light of its own. All it is doing is reflecting the light of the sun. And you and I who are children of God, children of the light, The only light that we have is the light of Jesus that is flowing in us and through us and lighting up our way. It's not our light. So we can never be spiritually prideful because whatever we are is because of Jesus. Man, if you're living a really holy life, don't get all puffed up like you're something. You couldn't do it without Jesus. You couldn't say no to sin without Jesus. You couldn't say no to all the other destructive things in this world without Jesus. Let's give him all the praise. In verse 10, He says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. That's a good word for every one of us. Carefully determine. Because, you know, we live in a world where people are still saying, well, is this sin? Is it a sin to do this? Is it a sin to do that? Is it a sin for a man to grow a beard? (laughs) No. Let me tell you where that came from, just in case you're worried about that. When I got saved, it was in the early 70s. It was when the hippies were running around. With long, the guys had the long hair and the beards and the bell bottoms. Man, I love them big old bell bottoms. Nothing worse than something tight around your ankles. And so all the Christians, a lot of the Christians were afraid, you know, that us Christian young people were going to become hippies. And you know what? There were hippies that loved Jesus. But they were afraid of it. So they started using all these things to try to keep the guys from having the long hair and the Guys from growing the beards and all of these other things. But you know what? The Bible says we should carefully determine what pleases the Lord. If you find yourself on the side in one of these discussions one day, well, is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do that? Here's where you can tell where you are. Are you trying to justify something? That's the question. Are you trying to to justify doing. I'm, I, I think we ought to throw away all the man-made rules in the kingdom of God. That's what was wrong with the Pharisees. The Pharisees came up with all these harsh rules and regulations that the Jewish people had to follow, and, and most of them were not a part of the law of Moses. They were from the Pharisees because they wanted to rule and reign, and they wanted to control the people. 
But if there's something in the Bible, and sometimes there's things in our lives that maybe they're not spelled out real clear, I like to err on the side of caution. If I'm concerned that it might be, well, I am 100% sure that if I don't do it, that I have not sinned. Does that make sense? And I like what somebody told me not too long ago. This is a good way to determine what you're looking at and what you are involved in. I believe this is the way they said it. If I shouldn't do it, then I shouldn't be watching other people do it. Wow. It kind of messes up killing people, doesn't it? (laughs) My video game. Mm. Well, you, I'm just, you know, I'm not, please don't. Don't think that I think you're going to hell if you play a video game. I mean, Mario Brothers is not really that bad. <laughs> I'm a, I, 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 do, I do want you to do this. I want you to look at the Bible and carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And if you're playing a game or watching a television program and you've got questions about whether it should be a part of your life, you get on your knees and pray. Don't just keep doing what you've always done because you think it's okay to do it. You talk to God about it. Do I need to be watching this? Do I need to be involved in this? Well, I'm not going to go out and kill anybody. Just ask God. Don't ask the pastor. Ask God, is it okay for me to be doing this? I want to emphasize this again. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. We're talking about the light of Jesus. We're talking about the light of the Word of God. We need a bright light when we're thinking about what are we going to watch on television? What what kind of video games are we going to play? We need the light of the gospel, not the light of my own personal desires. Not that I like staying up all night and sleeping and, and playing games. Boy, I shouldn't have said that, should I? I'm not thinking about anybody. I determined many years ago, if it can't be done between 6 a.m. and 12 midnight, it don't need to be done. <laughs> no. If you stay up doing stuff all night, that's okay with me. But again, let me say this one more time. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And how do we expose them? By just shining the brightest light of God's holy word. It is shameful, the Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 12, even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But evil intends to be exposed when the light shines on them the light makes everything visible this is what it said awake O sleeper rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light that's the word of God and we need the light of Jesus you see reading and believing the Bible increases our faith in God and we're living in a time where there are so many things thrown at us that bring doubt Public schools, public universities are teaching our young people that there's no God, that evolution is the way all of this came to be. I want to tell you something. We can solve that with one verse from the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the answer. That's the light of the Word of God right there, shedding light. We don't, I, I'm, I hope they go to the moon. I love stuff in outer space because the more we see and the more we know, you know what it does? It just proves more about God to me. That God created everything there is. And we need the word of God increasing our faith tremendously. 
The Bible says in Psalms 119 and 105. Anybody know what it says? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You and I need the Bible. We need the light of God's holy word. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? And I want to ask today if there is anybody in this building and you have never received Jesus as your Savior. You'll say, Pastor, I want to make that decision today. Listen, don't take this lightly. Don't just let it be a passing thought. But if you feel in your heart the Holy Spirit is just tugging at your heart right now to give your life to Jesus Christ, don't let another moment go by. Today is the time. Now is the time of salvation. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Christ this morning. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I received him when I was a child or maybe as a teenager when I was a boy, but I have strayed far away from God. But, Pastor, today I want to rededicate my life to him. If you're one of those two people, you've never been saved, but you want to be saved now. You maybe were saved in the past, but you want to rededicate your life to Christ. Would you just lift your hand? Yes, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life forever. It's not a magical prayer. Because what changes your life forever is you putting your faith in Jesus. You see, we believe that Jesus is going to get us to heaven when we die. We are staking our internal, eternal well-being on this one fact from God's Word. That Jesus died for the sins of the world, including mine, including yours. There's nothing you could do about it. But Jesus did something about it. And he said all that received him, he gives them the power to become the children of God. One more time. Anybody here, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus this morning as my Savior. How many of this morning, and I'm not trying to get you to admit anything to me, but sometimes it's good to admit something to ourselves. I say, Pastor, I'm really not reading the Bible as I should. I don't really give it the time of day or the attention that it needs in my life. Pastor, just pray for me that I'll start making the Bible a priority. Yes, hands are going up. If that's you, just lift your hand, and I'm going to pray for you. Now, Father God in heaven, we thank you for letting us see today that the Bible is a light. It makes our path clear. It lights up for us the pitfalls that await us. It lights up the work of the devil that is trying to bring temptation and sin into our life. God, your word is so powerful, so powerful, that it's called the sword of the Spirit, a weapon against the devil and God we thank you for giving us that weapon Lord don't let us try to go another day without living in your word without studying your word without knowing what it says God we know it's a big book for many people and it's going to take time but Lord don't let that be a deterrent let us just take one day at a time maybe one verse at a time and get it into our life Father help those that's raised their hand help us all Not to get so distracted by life and the things of this world, even the good things, that we don't get ourselves into the Bible and get the Bible into us. 
Father, I pray for that for each one. Lord, thank you for the great promises, not only the things that we should stay away from, but the great promises that you will never leave us or forsake us, that if we put our faith and trust in you, we have eternal life, that you are our provider, and that you have given us many benefits. Lord, help us to learn all the wonderful promises that you have given us. And especially, Lord, let us read about heaven and how we're going to be living with you forever and ever and ever. Thank you for shedding life on our lives, light on our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to do one more thing before you go. All those doing the lights, take your position, please. Our ushers are coming down the aisle right now, and they're going to give each and every one of you a little flashlight. And we're going to do something that's going to help us understand that, you know what, every one of us have the light of Jesus. And when we put our light together, that light becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. And I want to say this. If for some reason you think you're never going to use that flashlight, leave it in the church, and we'll give them out to visitors. But if you want to take it home as a reminder of what God is speaking to us today, then we want you to do that. As soon as everyone has one, we're going to do a little something to help us see the value of the light of the Word of God in our lives. And you can take these home as a gift from the church and use them whenever you can. Our ushers are quickly giving them out. And every time you use that flashlight, remember that Jesus is the light of the world and that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. If you don't have one yet, raise your hand. Anybody that doesn't have one, raise your hand. I think everybody has one. So everybody turn off your light, but have it ready. Let's turn off the main lights. Any other lights we can turn off? All right. Everybody turn off your light. (laughs) Off. (laughs) O-F-F. All right. We're hoping it would be a lot darker, but we forgot about the screen. But here we go. If your birthday is in January, turn on your light and hold it up high. All right, it's getting a little brighter. If your birthday is in February, hold it up. If your birthday is in March, hold it up. April, yeah, point them to the ceiling. That even makes it better. May, if your birthday is in May, hold it up. June, we're getting more and more light as we go along. July, August, September. 
October, November, December. All right. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Wow. I'll tell you, if it was complete darkness in here, you would see a, a great difference. But you can see a great difference when we put all of our lights. So you know what that means? That means your light is important to everybody around you. And the light of God's Word in your life is important to everybody else around you. Praise the Lord. Turn on the lights. All right. God bless you. We're so thankful that each and every one of you were here. Please remember that we've got chili in the other building. Before you dismiss, we're going to have the blessing for the food, so don't leave yet. Also, if you're here for the very first time, please go right in front of the sound booth. There's a lovely couple there to meet you and give you a very special gift for being in the service today. Visitors, we'd love to have you come and eat with us. It's going to be a, a fun time and good food, some of the best chili you will ever have. Father, we love you. We thank you for the importance of this message. Help us not to soon forget it. And God, as we go to the fellowship hall, Lord, I pray that our fellowship with one another would be very inspiring and encouraging. I pray that you'll bless the food there, and we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and you're dismissed.